Hey there, hi there, ho there. It is me once again, your host JJ, for another exciting episode of Disney Compendium. This is volume 14, the 1953 classic, and I really do mean classic this time. Animated feature film, Peter Pan. Uh, unfortunately, this week, I am all alone, seeing as my co-host and partner in crime, Nick, was unable to join me this week. That's okay, he will be back next week for Volume 15, but until then, I'll be here to talk about Peter Pan. Uh, so, I'll just get started right out the gate. Uh, so, I don't know, do we talk much about the plot of Peter Pan? We all know Peter Pan. It's one of Disney's biggest movies, I would think. I, they have gone back to the Peter Pan well multiple, multiple times. The story of a boy who never wants to grow up and fights pirates. It's great. Everyone loves it. Um, Tinkerbell is probably the closest thing to a uh, non-Mickey Mouse mascot that they have. Um, probably of all the movies that they've done. Tinkerbell is close. It's like, yeah, well, I guess she is the movie mascot, isn't she? She used to appear on the TV shows and uh, appears extensively at the theme parks. Um, but, uh, yeah, Peter Pan uh, starts off with the uh, Darling Boys. Uh, that's their name, not that they're Darling. <laughs> that's their last name. Um, sort of... Uh, uh, disrupting a party, doing uh, Peter Pan stuff. They're just re reenacting that their older sister Wendy tells them the Peter Pan story, and the dad just gets absolutely furious, mad at Wendy for, you know, being ch so childish and impractical still. So he makes the mandate that she no longer gets to uh, sleep in the nursery with the boys. Um, and so that night they are uh, visited by Peter Pan, where he teaches them how to fly, uh, with uh, Think Happy Thoughts and a little bit of pixie dust. Uh, in the original, original, original stage play that Barry wrote, um, it was just Think Happy Thoughts, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he changed it later on after parents urged him to, because their kids would go home and try to jump off their beds and <laughs> hurt themselves. Uh, so, you added the, uh, pixie dust, which is something that, uh, not, uh, every kid has immediate access to. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you meet Captain Hook, he, uh, after they get to Neverland, um, uh, he wants to, he wants his revenge from Peter, uh, because Peter cut off his hand. Uh, very, uh, very, very dark backstory for the hero of the, uh, <laughs> the franchise with the uh, hand cutting off nonsense, uh, but uh, you know, whatever, it's great. Um, so next, so Tinkerbell uh, is now here uh, doing some nonsense. <laughs> she um, she's very jealous of Wendy getting attention from Peter, so she works with the Lost Boys to <laughs> trick, uh, trick them into uh, trying to gun down Wendy, calling her Wendy Bird. Um, 
it doesn't work out so well. Peter Pan finds out about it, and, well, she gets uh, banished. So, you know, that's bad for her. <laughs> Not for Wendy. Um, so, um, the Lost Boys take uh, uh, John and Michael off to the... Uh, um, I'm gonna say Native American, uh, village, uh, where they are captured, and are accused of stealing the, kidnapping, not stealing, that sounds terrible, no, kidnapping, the, uh, the chief's daughter, Tiger Lily, um, but after that, you get to meet, uh, the mermaids with Peter and Wendy, and the mermaids are just, just really relentlessly taunting Wendy, it's... It's crazy, um, but they run off when they uh, they see Hook, um, and that's where Peter and Wendy find out that um, Hook has kidnapped Tiger Lily because they want to find out where Peter's hideout is. Um, Peter and Wendy uh, free uh, Tiger Lily during all of this. Anyway, through all of this, the uh, uh, Captain Hook decides that he can use um, Tinkerbell's jealousy to find out the lair of Peter Pan. And uh, so, you know, we're getting heading to the end game at this point. The, um, the darlings decide they are homesick and they want to go home. They invite the Lost Boys and Peter Pan to come back with them to London and uh, be adopted by their parents, which is <laughs> rather presumptuous. But um, the Lost Boys agree. Peter, though does his all I'm never growing up routine and just assumes that they're all just going to be back anyway so what's the point um, and this is where you get the, uh, the pirates finally barging in and kidnapping the darlings and the lost boys and they have a time bomb to kill Peter and all that stuff um, uh, but Tinkerbell uh, figures it all out and grabs the bomb, and it explodes. Um, but they uh, they rescue Tinkerbell, so uh, saving her from certain death. Uh, I think in the original play, it's when the uh, audience has to interact with the show to get uh, get get Tinkerbell back to life. Uh, because Peter Pan originally, before it was a book, was a stage play, a stage production, basically, and then it eventually became a book, and so the Peter Pan movie, animated movie, is based off of the book, the original that was a 1920s, there was a silent era Peter Pan movie that was more based off of the uh, stage play, uh, Barry wasn't particularly thrilled about the stage play because he had sort of fixed a lot of the glaring problems he saw in Peter Pan in later revisions and thought that why make a movie and not do anything that a movie can do that a stage play can't do and thought it was just sort of pointless rehashing. Anyways, um, uh, you get into the final showdown with Hook and Peter Pan, they get in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Uh, and so you have um, Peter Pan, you know, 
becoming victorious against Hook. Uh, the the crew they run off with the crocodile that I forgot to mention earlier that ate Hook's hand with a click ticking clock in his heart. Uh, uh, you know, chasing after Hook is you know time chases every man kind of <laughs> nonsense. Um, but then uh, yeah, eventually they all make it back home. Uh, the Lost Boys stay behind. They're not going to be adopted. Peter Pan stays behind. Um, when they make it back home, you know, it's presented as basically a dream. Uh, Wendy wakes up in the nursery. The parents find out that she wasn't in her bed. And um, uh, she starts telling her parents the story. And they see a pirate ship flying off into the clouds. And her dad recognizes this pirate ship. Uh, so from his childhood, and so now he's softened up and is a little more warm and receptive to sort of the silliness of Wendy's stories. So, you know, it's it's a simple little tale about, you know, childhood and growing up and um, how, you know, you can't become completely hardened to the world even though you've aged. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, Production-wise, uh, uh, Walt originally wanted this to be one of probably the second movie that they did, um, but it, he couldn't because Paramount owned the rights to film. Um, or at least the live-action rights. So that's where you get some uh, weirdness to it because like they hold the live-action rights and the copyright owner... Um, was the hospital for sick, sick children based out of London. And um, uh, they offered to have Disney like work, have a working agreement with Paramount and all that stuff. Um, didn't, obviously, none of that worked out because this movie came out in the 50s. Um, but in 1939, there was a bit of a bidding war for the rights to it, and, uh, they, uh, they, uh, beat out Fleischer for the rights to the movie. Um, so, um, they started working on story stuff, and working on, so, by about 1939, they already started working on, uh, Peter Pan adaption. Uh, they didn't really know too much about what they were doing with it, um, uh, like, the original, like, storyboards, not storyboards, but, like, scripting, um, show different things that they were going for, maybe show Peter Pan's backstory, um, uh, you could have other ones that are like, like, um, Peter kidnapping Wendy <laughs> and taking her back to Neverland to be the mom for the Lost Boys, but... <laughs> Walt decided against that. He thought, you know what, that's probably too dark, so it's just going to be the typical sneaking through the window and Wendy wanting to go to Neverland. Um, obviously, the 40s happened. We've talked about this multiple times with a lot of these movies. The 40s were the worst thing to happen to the studio. Uh, uh, World War II, uh, all the propaganda movies, no money. Uh, union strikes, not union strikes, but animator strikes, union talks, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Bank of America did allow them 
keep working um, on these movies. So by around 1947, you have Walt fully recognizing that the studio is helping. Studio is looking in, to turn around, but at the same time, they cannot keep going on the way they've been going on. So that's when you get the trifecta of Cinderella, Peter Pan, and Alice in Wonderland back in the full production. Um, he also realized that Cinderella was their best bet. That's why it was the first movie, because it was closest to being Snow White, which is, you know, is a smart move. It acts as a um, uh, sort of a, a reboot, so to speak, um, thinking that the uh, and rightfully so, thinking Alice is too two-dimensional, and perhaps Peter Pan was a little two-dimensional as well, uh, character-wise, which I'd, I'd argue is probably true. Um, there's not much going on in Peter Pan other than, much like Alice in Wonderland, you're using these characters as just to take you from scene to scene of some new crazy location within Neverland, and having a story act out like the Native Americans. Uh, the very um, problematic depiction of Native Americans, um, or, you know, pirate battles and what have you. So, a uh, funny thing about the um, original sort of plot devices that they were going to have in it, um, it was originally going to be a darker movie, um, but uh, they rightfully cut out some of this stuff, i.e., uh, at one point, Captain Hook was actually going to be eaten by the crocodile, which we don't know how that would play in a cartoon for children, but here we are. And also, uh, on the same level, uh, if we're going to have the parents actually, like, mourning the loss of their children because they're gone. I mean, the children are gone at this point. Now, in the movie, as it stands out, they never find them missing, but... Uh, here, they obviously have discovered their children aren't there, and they are very much having to deal with all of that. I, I genuinely wish I could show you, I have this phenomenal book, um, The Walt Disney Archives, uh, 1921 to 1968, and it actually has substantial um, shots of, like with every Disney movie up to this point, um, that is feature-length like this, a single-story feature-length, they did a live-action shot of this. So there's, all of these movies have sort of live-action counterparts, although they're not fully featured. It's mostly just the um, actors acting out the bits for the roles. So you get to see Tinkerbell, and you get to see, in full costume, Peter Pan and Hook um, sword fighting for the reference. And it's, it's just fascinating to see how in-depth they got with their live-action um, stuff for this. Um, Music-wise, there's some big songs in this. Um, Second Star to the Right um, is a big one that kicks it off. And originally, Second Star to the Right, uh, the melody part of it was written for Alice in Wonderland. Um, it went, uh, the song was uh, Beyond the Laughing Sky. Um, uh, obviously, ended up not being used in Alice in Wonderland, so they basically repurposed it for uh, Peter Pan, it's great. You can ha you have, you can fly, uh, um, and uh, there's a cool unreleased track that you can get in 
sort of subsequent re-releases of soundtrack in modern days called Never Smile at a Crocodile, and it's actually a very fun little song. Um, I highly recommend searching it out. But yes, yeah, very, very, you know, good music in this particular one. A lot of fair, it fits the fantasy feeling really, really well. Um, when it came out, um, the movie itself was relatively heavily criticized for not really following the uh, Peter Pan story as faithfully as it could, but by and large, everyone pretty much universally agreed that it's a gorgeous-looking movie and a great movie that may not um, hit the same notes as the popular book and stage play that J.M. Barry originally wrote, but it's still a fantastic achievement for Disney. Um, Contemporary-wise, um, you obviously have Michael Jackson, who called it his favorite movie of all time, which was blatantly obvious when he built a theme park in his own backyard for the Neverland Ranch, uh, <laughs> you know, named immediately after um, Peter Pan, and um, you have Battlestar Galactica, which uh, doesn't seem like uh, it would be... Uh, uh, a place where you would find influence from Peter Pan, but um, it does. Like they said, that it's all about the uh, um, uh, silicon nature of time. Um, it even starts with the uh, opening line of "All of this has happened before, and all of it will happen again," which is a line from Peter Pan. Um, so, so what what happens after Peter Pan? Um, w was there the typical was there sequels and yes absolutely there were sequels uh <laughs> multiple in fact you have return to neverland which was um, a 2002 movie um picking up in the aftermath of peter pan you have i believe six standalone spin-off tinkerbell movies which you know tinkerbell is absolutely massive for the studio um, just iconic character that they use over and over and over again, whatever they can get it to fit into, and sometimes not even necessarily fit into. Um, so, you know, Tinkerbell is this big, big thing for the studio. And then you have um, Jake and the Neverland Pirates, which was the uh, uh, TV series sort of vaguely inspired by... Well, not really, I guess vaguely isn't right. It's not really inspired by the movie. It's just sort of more inspired by the concept of... Peter Pan, um, there is going to be a live-action Peter Pan adaption, much like everything else with Cinderella, Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, all these, like, well, I guess Lion King's not necessarily live-action, but you get what I'm saying. Um, uh, but not much movement has happened on that one. It's apparently going to be a Disney Plus, the streaming service, um, feature, so keep an eye out for that, see what goes on with that, um, it's interesting with um, Peter Pan stuff because J.M. Barry made sure that Peter Pan was always played by a woman, which uh, plays that obviously the cartoon was a young boy, but it's different. So it's always interesting when they um, sort of renege on that sort of general agreement people had with J.M. Barry back in the day and modern versions use an adult 
uh, or a, a man or boy to play Peter Pan. Um, but, you know, some instances it's fine, like um, Hook. Hook, uh, not a Disney movie. A Sony, that was a Sony movie, but it's, you know, it's in the same heart. And you have Robin Williams playing um, Peter uh, in the future uh, as an adult now, forgetting all about Neverland. And it's a phenomenal movie. Um, it, it feels like it could very easily fit in with the cartoon just as much as it could fit in with the original stage play. Um, video game-wise, you have, obviously, Neverland is in Kingdom Hearts. Like, it's all over the place in Kingdom Hearts. Peter Pan is a big part of that franchise, so that's, that's, they, they got that there. Um, theme park-wise, you have quite a bit of Peter Pan stuff. I mean, you got the characters, obviously. Um, plays a major role in Fantasmic. Tinkerbell flies. They have a costumed character flying over the uh, castle during the fireworks display. It's a phenomenal um, effect that they do. And, um, uh, but I think most importantly is the, uh, the dark ride that in, um, Fantasyland. It is probably, uh, I would say absolutely my favorite ride in Fantasyland, as is clearly everyone else's. It routinely has an hour and a half <laughs> wait time. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is such, such a good ride, and, um, very, very, um, extensive wait time. Actually, I have a funny story about the, uh, Peter Pan <laughs> ride. Um, and what's was very recent, too. Um, a few years ago, me and my mom were at Disneyland. And she has the, um, uh, medical stuff. So you get to go to a booth that they have. They find the wait time. And so you go back, whatever the wait time is, you go back. And you go to the exit, and they let you on a ride. You wait. You essentially waited the appropriate amount of time, just not long. And they just put you on. Um, so we're standing there at the exit, waiting to get put on. And uh, the ride, you could smell as people, as somebody was leaving, you could just smell this horrible, strong smell of pot um, emanating from the ride. And so... Eventually, they shortly thereafter, they just shut the ride down entirely and shoo us away because somebody had uh, partaken in the devil's lettuce <laughs> in, the, uh, in the ride. Um, so, so somebody essentially hotboxed the Peter Pan's flight ride, and so we, <laughs> we had to come back later. We did get to, we did eventually get to ride it, um, but... It's just this very funny story of, I can't believe somebody did that, but there we are. Here we are. Somebody somebody did that. I've never experienced that before. And the protocol was just shut it down, let everyone off, and I guess let it air out. I, <laughs> I don't know. But it's a, it's, it's a story that I'll never forget. It was just so silly, and I love it. Um, but uh, that's going to do it for Peter Pan. Um it's uh, absolutely just a great, great story. Um, not one of my favorites, but also easily better than uh, most of the stuff we've seen so far. Um, but uh, 
but you know what? I, I, I do think it's probably one of my favorites. We're going to get to that. I have Nyx. Uh, before I got onto this episode, I got Nick's uh, placement in uh, in our lists that we got here. So in case you're wondering, uh, Nick has placed it in between Alice in Wonderland and Ichabod and Mr. Toad. It's his number six movie from Disney. And for me, I've placed it above Pinocchio, but under Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to make it my number five. Disney movie out of 14, so we are looking good. Next week, we will have the um, Lady and the Tramp, uh, another a, a, another animal, talking animals movie <laughs> from Disney, uh, really right in the real house, so um, look forward to that. Nick will be back, so he won't have me rambling on, losing my train of thought, and confusing myself. <laughs> I apologize greatly, but I wasn't going to miss a week. So um, here we are. Maybe next week I'll have Nick give some of his opinions on Peter Pan before we dive into Lady and the Tramp. But until then, I want to thank you all again for joining me and have a very, very magical day.